This episode of the Major Spoilers Podcast is brought to you by HelloFresh. Make sure you visit HelloFresh.com and check out their great offerings that they have for you. Their chefs work to make meals specific for you, great for you. They use farm fresh ingredients shipped straight to your door, all for you. It's a meal that you can prepare in 35 minutes or less, and all you have to do is point your browser to HelloFresh.com. And when you check out, use the code MAJOR50. That's MAJOR50 at HelloFresh.com for 50% off your first weekly order. Thanks, HelloFresh, for sponsoring this episode of Major Spoilers Podcast. This week's Major Spoilers Podcast goes out to the following fine and faithful spoilerites. Wade Warren, Eric Krentz, Joe McCaffrey, Terry Haying, James Pace, Kevin Hope, James Rochal, Brian Riley, Peter Walker, Paul Wade, we need a Mary here, Sean Brown, Jana Martin, Jessica Miller, Richard Kubik, Dustin Cochran, Sean O'Ra, Ethan Boyd, Michael Watanabe, Michael Harris, Joel Whitlin, Matthew Goins, Megan Presley, Tyler Gibson, Stephen Bauer, Doug Roderick, Charnel Clare, Richard Cockle-Rice, Callie Mensler-Toodle, Kent Daw-Doring, Heineson, and no one else, because there should have been a comma there, but that's okay, because I punctuated it wrong. Fine and faithful spoiler rights all, we'd love to have your name join them in the hallowed ranks of spoilerosity. Point your browser to members.majorspoilers.com, become a VIP member, and allow a future Major Spoilers production to go out to you. The Major Spoilers podcast covers news, reviews, and of course, spoilers, and goes into details about the topics discussed. So if you haven't read, listened, or watched the items we talk about, you might want to come back later. I'm Matthew. I'm Zach. I'm Rodrigo. And I'm Stephen, and you're listening to the Major Spoilers podcast, the podcast for pop culture and comic fans. In this issue daredevil gets a leading lady cora gets her comeuppance and major spoilers goes to the mountains a quarter century of tim burton a magic battle for the ages and you're an orphan dicky here's your cape my name's hagrid in case you didn't notice from this terrible impersonation that the fat guy's doing confused you won't be because we got all that and wolfman zach on this edition of the major spoilers podcast and it's on the air Welcome to issue 579 of the Major Spoilers Yay! Podcast. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing this podcast with a friend. And thank you all of our VIPs who have contributed and donated and um, helped us out to make sure that we are able to do this show week after week after week after week just for you. Because we know so many of you are interested in comic book news and comic book related news like the Rosario Dawson on Daredevil news that came out this past week. Zach? Yeah. What happened here? She has been cast as a role. In the upcoming yes. Marvel's <laughs> Daredevil Netflix uh, show that will be coming out in 2015. Uh, what is interesting about this casting is that they don't actually give a description, or they don't name the character she'll be playing. Yeah, They say she's pivotal to Matt Murdock becoming Daredevil and helping heals Hell's Kitchen. Uh, they don't ever actually say who she is. Yeah, it's really interesting. Here's the exact quote. Rosario Dawson will play a dedicated young woman whose quest to heal the wounds of Hell's Kitchen bring Matt Murdock unexpectedly crashing into her life while her own journey forever alters the course of his battle against the injustice of this broken city. Mm-hmm. That's all the inflection added for emphasis. Oh, right, right, right. It is between the lines. Dr- drama. You got it. You nailed it. So yeah. is this Electra? I don't know. Well, it could be. It's interesting that they would that they would make such a big deal about this because there are a well, lot of women in in yeah. Matt Murdock's life and most of them are dead. 
But I mean, people well, have said maybe not cookie. in this series. They don't have to well, be dead. Well, not yet. Yeah, yeah people yeah. have said right. Karen Page. Possibly people have said um, Heather. What's her face? I had thought about the uh, latest volume of Daredevil. He was the lawyer, and he had the the fellow lawyer, the district attorney. What mm-hmm. was her name? Um, I don't I th- know, but when I saw Rosario Dawson, I was like, "This is going to be the district attorney," because he's usually because so? he's usually a like uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. like. Uh, yeah, Matt Murdock, yeah, Matt Murdock is like the guy that gets you off the hook, right? So is mm-hmm. this a Kirsten? So she would, is that her name? Kirsten? That's that. That's what it says here on yes. one of the sites. Kirsten is a district attorney who dated Matt Murdock and never went crazy or tried to murder Del- Daredevil. <laughs> <laughs> so like the one, the one girlfriend he's had who wasn't who either killed or tried to kill him or or both. Well, well, I think it's interesting because. If you remember, what was it, a week or two ago when we were talking about um, D'Onofrio mm-hmm. um, being cast as Wilson Fisk, and they don't say Kingpin. Right. right. And it's interesting that they don't, they do the exact same thing here. And I'm a, for, for probably a good reason. I mean, if we know, if they come out and say, hey, this guy's Kingpin, and people right. who don't know anything about Daredevil, although they probably already watched the movie with uh, <laughs> before, sure, sure, sure. Mm-hmm. they would know that he's the bad guy, but now he's a white guy and not a black guy. Um, but if they say Electra, then they're automatically going to say, oh, well, we know what happens right. between Matt Murdock mm-hmm. and Electra, And so these 13 episodes are going to be spoiled. So I can understand the uh, hush hushness that they're doing here. But um, I guess it makes for some fun conversation, Rodrigo. Yeah, I'm hoping for a big swerve. I'm hoping that pretty soon we'll find out that her name is like Patsy Walker. <laughs> that would be cool. Um, <laughs> Or, or the their, their gender, Misty, Misty their Knight. gender, yeah, their gender switching uh, cloak and dagger and she's cloak. Yeah, there you go. That oh. would be cool. I'd love to see that. The thing about Rosario that you have to keep in mind is while she is, you know, um, relatively young, I think she's like 34, 35. Is she necessarily young enough to be Electra, who's like a, you know, a 25 year old killer assassin who does oh, really? lots and I lots of Electra stuff? Electra was like 35. Oh, okay. well, um, all comic book heroes to me, unless they're. In a teen, in air quotes, title are thirty five years old. No, That's they're all twenty nine. <laughs> yeah, I think I think most comic book heroes are in their twenties. They're supposed yeah. to be like Batman's twenty nine. Well, doing it wrong. <laughs> Nightwing's twenty one. Yeah, Robin you, is sixteen. Yeah, you show you show that someone's in their thirties, but giving them like a Reed Richards like <laughs> sideburn. Right that means he's almost forty. He's yeah. like thirty seven. Uh-huh. Yep. He's really old. Uh, I'm trying to see how old she is right off the top of my head here. She was born in 79, I think. So that would make her 36 or 35. Yeah, 79. So she was in kids. Do we we know who's playing Daredevil? Yeah, Chris, uh, Christopher Cox is, or uh, Christopher. Christopher, It's in that. It's in the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's uh, Christopher. Let me find it here. Yeah, Charlie Charlie Cox. Cox. Charlie Cox. Sorry. Yeah. uh, Has been cast as uh, Matt Murdock. Daredevil. Oh. He's like he's like thirty. So. Oh, oh, although they do say Charlie Ca- Charlie Cox previously announced as Matt Murdock. They don't right. say Daredevil. They say <laughs> Matt Murdock. Right. Well, but, maybe maybe well, they're gonna. Gonna... I mean, they so, do they do drop Daredevil in the title. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe that's the whole mystery. Well, well, but you who know, is Daredevil. There's yeah. that. How can a blind guy be a Daredevil superhero? There's a there's that whole thing. You know, it's like um, the Ant Man movie. Who knows where that's at yeah. right now. Mm-hmm. Has both Hank Pym yeah. and mm-hmm. um, the other guy. The other guy. Yeah, the, yeah. And as far as that goes, um, Kevin Feige, 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 Feige. Uh, did a, a conference this past weekend, and he was like, "Yeah, we're still on track. Mm-hmm. Everything's moving along. We're only making minor changes to 
um, right the script that Wright did. So everything's still in that spirit. Everybody's still on board. We're still moving ahead with that. And you can still expect a, a definite release date on that. Now, the one thing that might be up in the air is the Star Wars release date. Uh-oh. Uh, yes. Uh-oh. Turns out that when you break <laughs> Harrison Ford, <laughs> it pushes your movie off. Which should be a tell that this movie is going to be Harrison Ford heavy. Because yeah. if he's only in, I don't know, 20 minutes of the movie. Right. Yeah, not, you, not a big you, deal. You, you can, can wait six months. In, yeah. You can wait five weeks he's out. Yeah, but they're, they're saying that this yeah. is like six pushing months. Pushing it back. Pushing it back. 2016 well that's what they're that's what they're talking about but i mean production's been put on hold for six months because they have to wait for his leg to heal that's crazy and that's what has brought up the rumor about well then this story must be heavily harrison ford focused if this is this is the case now what had happened was he was um on set a couple of weeks ago Mm -hmm. and one of the hydraulic door lifts uh came down unexpectedly People thought he just broke his ankle. Turns out he broke his leg. Um, He's been having pretty fun with that. He's been having a little bit of fun with that. He posted a little Twitter feed on there. Um, But um, he's also 72. Right. Yeah. And uh, you don't feel the the same way at 72. (laughs) When you when you uh, when you break a leg in in, in older ages, it uh, is not a good thing. Anything at 72, (laughs) you know, it's going to be a thing. And, you know, that's that's kind of a thing. I mean, I don't know if. A 72-year-old man sitting out a couple of months because of an injury of this magnitude, you're not going to be 72 and be able to do this, you know, the the workarounds for even if you're like, oh, right. well, we'll right. have him stand instead of walk. Right. It's a 72-year-old man. Well, you and can't Harrison, have him stand on a bus. Or like freaking Jackie Chan where he just puts yeah, like a, a shoe-shaped yeah. thing yeah. on his cast and keeps yeah. doing his stunts. That man is crazy. Yeah, but that's got to be – I mean, if, it depends on how bad the – um, sure. injury was i mean yeah. if he's got yeah. pins in it yeah he's not gonna be putting any pressure on it but oh, yeah. you know it's he's probably not even in a walking cast reports right. are that they've had him wheeling around in a wheelchair and, and those kinds of things Dang. uh what's also interesting is that we have a new director for a star wars movie episode eight for sure Ooh. and who is that what's his name ryan, uh rain ryan, ryan johnson. johnson i keep wanting to say rain johnson because it's, it's spelled r-i-a-n mm-hmm. uh ryan johnson who we know from looper uh he's mm-hmm. the director of looper which, again, is something I mentioned on Finally Friday. It's really interesting because um, at one point, like six months, a year ago, whenever they were first announcing the Star Wars movies, somebody had said, oh, there might be time travel involved in one of these. And now here comes a time travel director. Oh. Seems a little weird. I, I, mean, I don't think I don't, it's going to be that. I don't think it's connected. I mean, but it's I, yeah, it's just really weird. It's interesting. But what's also even <laughs> more strange is that. J.J. Abrams is only directing the first movie. Star Trek, he directed two movies. Sure. I mean, if you want why to compare it straight like that, sure. He directed one strange? more Star Trek movie than Star Wars. Well, Wars but movie. I mean, I think it is strange because you would want to try to keep a good director on board for as long as you possibly can for or, as many movies as you can. St- I feel like Star Wars, especially the prequels, had the tendency that they weren't all directed by George Lucas. Mm, I have to go back and look. I'm they were. The, the only two thing, was directed two by, directed by another. Someone else. The only the only thing that's that um is kind of the saving part on this is that um these movies are supposed to come out like what a year apart or every yeah. two years. So with all the pre production yeah. going on, you're gonna have to have multiple yeah. directors. So maybe he's here for seven he's, and then comes back on nine because Ryan sure. Johnson's only uh, doing the first draft of episode nine right. Right. Uh, for that. So it could be, uh, could be interesting. Of course it could be punishment for breaking Harrison Ford. Well, good. Sure. Uh, I, you broke I'm, Harrison Ford. I'm, You're out of here. Abrams. And yeah. Abrams just does fine. And it's just a big lens flare and poof. And he's <laughs> yeah. on. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I'm really excited that Ryan Johnson is going to go out. Well, one, because I wanted him from the beginning when they announced it. 
Uh, I thought he would. I really liked his style in Looper. Uh, some of his Breaking Bad episodes were my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, Star Wars kind of gave Lucas like the god status that he kind of has in mm-hmm. film when he'd actually done work before then. But it, uh, some of it is known. I mean, like American Graffiti was pretty known. Right. He did some other stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. And just like Ryan Johnson, he's done three films. Looper being his biggest one, and now he's gonna get the shot at a big franchise thing. So I think it's, I think it's nice that they're kind of taking a shot on someone smaller, like they kind of did on Lucas in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And they kind of gave him this dude some money and like go run around the desert and shoot a film. Hey, speaking about giving the little guy a chance, Daniel Radcliffe wants to play Robin. Ah, Daniel yeah. Radcliffe. He is a little guy. I don't know. I don't he's know if like he is. he's like five three or something. Is he really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Yes, he is. I swear. Look it up. So Harry Potter wants to be Robin, yeah. and, and this was came out during a really fast blast of questions that they asked him over the weekend at, uh, I forget what event it was, but he just said, yeah, I'd love to play Robin. I think I'd be a great, great uh, person for the part. I don't know. It'd be a little interesting, I guess. I think, he'd, I think he'd do a fine job. Yeah, he's I, an actor. Yes, yes, he is. Um, I just, I just don't, when I picture Robin, I don't picture Harry Potter. That's what I, that's, that's the thing that um, takes the the biggest getting used to. Kind of like when you say, oh, you know who's going to be playing Electra? Jennifer Garner. It's here's, like, well, I don't see that. Here's the thing. Here's why uh, Daniel Radcliffe probably would be a good choice mm-hmm. because uh, Ben Affleck is not super tall. Right. Like, he's no. a tall guy, but yeah. he's not like a basketball player tall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, if you recall, um, in uh, the the Batman movies that had Chris O'Donnell, Chris O'Donnell, I think was, yeah, yeah, was the same either size as or tall taller or taller, definitely mm-hmm. than George Clooney. And wasn't he also with another Batman? Yeah, he was that? with Val Kilmer. Yeah, he was mm-hmm. with Val Kilmer, and I think it was in Val Kilmer's contract that nobody could be taller than Val Kilmer, so right. they like staged it. <laughs> mm-hmm. But Chris O'Donnell is taller than George Clooney. Yeah, yeah. you don't want a Robin. That's taller than your Batman. And you definitely don't want a Robin that's taller than your Batman, even with the ears. Yeah. You, here, here's the official <coughs> heights on would be the, the Batman Robin team up in this. I'd ben say Affleck, Harry Potter's 5'5. Five five. He is 5'5. Five five. Mm. Ben Affleck, 6'3 and a half. There you go. Oh, actually, Ben also, Affleck is pretty tall. <laughs> kind of tall. Yeah. Actually, now that <laughs> Daniel, I think of it. Daniel Radcliffe is like 25 years old, too. And I think he may be a yes. little, depending on how you're going to cast your Robin, yeah, he, he may be a little long on the yeah. How old is Affleck, though? He's our uh, age, forty-three. Yeah, so if you have a, oh, I, our age, he's my age. I'm sorry. Yeah, if you yeah. if you have, yeah, our age between <laughs> he's somewhere between Stephen and Zach. <laughs> so you got a twenty-one like 20 year years. <laughs> um, he's he's our age. Yeah. Thank you very much. Um, if you uh, if you have a forty-year-old Batman, yeah, yeah, can't you have yeah. a twenty-five-year-old Robin? I think that this this is kind of the same question that I have about the. Why is J.J. Abrams leaving? They never said anything about J.J. Abrams staying for longer than one movie. I know. And I think Nobody that if was... you look at this and say, is is Daniel Radcliffe going to make a good Robin? I don't know. What kind of story are you telling? Can he do an accent that doesn't sound British? And is he up to the stunts? If those three questions you know, are, are to whatever the director wants, I would say, yeah, Daniel Radcliffe would make a great Robin because people would come to see that. It's kind of the same argument that people have when they're like, Ben Affleck is Batman. That's stupid. How much free press do these people get for Ben Affleck is Batman just with that one announcement? Thousands of people yelled for weeks about this movie. 
Well, and this is just uh, Daniel Radcliffe saying, hey, I'd love to play sure. play yeah. Robin, you know. Sure, uh, sure. I'd love to be a millionaire. I mean, who wouldn't want to be in a franchise like that? Yeah, yeah. Like, I want to make some serious money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of some serious money, listeners, if you want to help us out, mm-hmm. you can head over to Majorspoilers.com <laughs> and you can buy The Legend of Korra Seasons 1 and 2 mm-hmm. by clicking on that Amazon.com link. Is Season 2 actually out on DVD? I believe it should be. It's pretty close. Or at least you can get it on your um, on-demand, oh, yeah, video yeah. on-demand yeah. Uh, service. All that stuff. Books, movies, tapes. Cheese, if you want it, you can get your DVDs, your mm-hmm. TVs, your RCAs, used, your right? used VHS. You your can used you can get uh, the um, the jersey of your favorite World Cup team. There you go. Uh, if you are in the U.S., possibly to use as a rag for your tears. <laughs> <laughs> Just head over to Majorspoilers.com. Click on that Amazon.com banner, and a little bit comes back to us and allows us to continue to do more shows like this and mentioned legend of Korra. holy crap the new season lands this friday yeah this weekend new season there's this like weekend. been zero publicity on this uh it's all been through like social media stuff yeah this is the weird thing so a couple of weeks ago one of the producers um posted on his blog post which kind of circulated we saw mm-hmm. it on the major spoiler site he's basically like hey we've locked we finished doing all production of this um more news soon and that was kind of it he kind of went through the process that they were going through and then like the next weekend Nickelodeon Mexico, I think it was the Mexican version mm-hmm. of Nickelodeon, posted like episodes three, four, and five on their website by accident. Nice. And oh. so some people got to see that. But then the following week, there was the first trailer came out. Mm-hmm. Nothing about a about a launch date. And so everyone's like, oh, there'll be a huge Legend of Korra thing at uh, San Diego Comic-Con. They'll announce that it'll be in February like it was last year. Everything will be good. Everybody kind of kicked back and put their feet up. And then, boom, no, it's coming out this weekend, people. Well, and I wonder if it wasn't because of all the leaks, because the first trailer was leaked. Mm-hmm. Those episodes were leaked. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if Nickelodeon is like, we just got to go with this. We're just like, clearly, and it, it might have been the traffic that all the leaked stuff got. Oh, yeah. That were like, well, clearly, people want to see clearly we have stuff. a critical mass of people who are aware yeah. and actively, actively looking every day for Legend of Korra stuff. Yeah. Let's just release it. Mm-hmm. So here we go. Season three will debut June 27th, 7 p.m., with a two-part premiere followed immediately by the third episode at 8 o'clock. Then it's going to skip the July 4th weekend and then be back Friday nights, 8 p.m., beginning July 11th. The uh, episodes that we're going to see is A Breath of Fresh Air. After the events of Harmonic Convergence, Avatar Korra discovers that her decision to leave spirit portals open has unexpected con- unexpected consequences. Wild spirit vines have overgrown Republic City, and airbenders are suddenly popping up across the four nations. And there was today like a three-and-a-half-minute, four-minute uh, excerpt that they showed from the first yeah. episode and Boomy becomes an airbender spoiler Whoa. but he becomes an airbender which you know he had no powers of right, all right. of the of all the uh, of all of Aang's uh, kids he was the one that didn't have anything but it pops up here and then there's a bit where uh, Korra and um, what's the what's her master what's his name I keep forgetting his name Tenzin Tenzin and the young daughter who is in the spirit world they're mm-hmm. hacking their way through like this jungle and all of a sudden, they're in the middle of Republic City, and it looks really cool. And I'm all I can say is I am glad I just finished watching the the second yeah, season. You got two. it. You got it right on. I got it done like three weeks ago, like yeah. two or three weeks ago. I was like, okay, kids, we're, we've got four episodes left. Let's just watch them. Right. And after it was done, I thought it was a great. I thought it was a great season, uh, and yeah. it ended very the, interesting. The last four episodes of it are great. Yeah, the yeah. first like what ten episodes not so good are it, it, they just. 
tried to do too many things is like um the in the first season you kind of already have your maximum amount of characters that you could possibly care about yeah there's Korra, the two brothers asami uh tenzin his entire family and then like the chief of police right Mm -hmm. that's a ton of characters already next season adds three more characters Mm -hmm. to that mix um plus the villains right you know so it's like, and then they just send every character in their own direction. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you're watching episodes and you're watching episodes and like nothing's happening. And then everything like coalesces about four episodes before the end. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, this is amazing. But yeah, you just yeah. kind of wish like, I didn't need to watch all the previous episodes to this. <laughs> I really hope that this season is as I, good. I mean, it looks like it's going to visually remain yeah. solid. Yeah. It looks like Core is a little bit older, a little buffer mm-hmm. in this season, which, again, it takes place almost immediately after season two. So I don't know how much more buff she can get, but maybe that's just my. Well, but also Core is like, like 16 the, years old. So the difference yeah. between a 16 year old and an 18 year old yeah, is there like you go. drastic. Two years. Yep, definitely. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to this. <laughs> Zach? Uh, I you, should probably watch season two, which if you go over to Amazon right now, you can pre-order and it will release July 1st, 2014. There you go. Blu-ray, oh, $32, you go. DVD, 14 There you go. Get it on Blu-ray, people. That that, that show looks fantastic. Yeah. And watching it in HD and again, watching it even in a compressed format that we get from iTunes, still phenomenal. Matthew, do you watch uh, Legend of the Korra? Not yet. Oh, you should, man. Oh, uh, man. Did you watch season one? No. No. The kid I, and I watched uh, Avatar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's good. If you like that, watch the first season of Korra. It is unbelievable. Oh, it, good. I think it blows it so good. It blows away anything yeah. that the last Air- Airbender, Airbender did. did. Yeah, I think. Now that's just me. I don't know, Rodrigo. Do you agree? It's it's definitely it's a different tone. Like mm-hmm. the story is darker, and it takes it's it's a more intense story because um, the Avatar: The Last Airbender. Like basically, it gets to where Korra gets to at the end of the first season over the span of three seasons, mm-hmm. and you have ups and you have downs and you have fun times and sad times and all that stuff. But Korra, since they didn't think they were going to get another shot at this, they just compressed all of that drama into a single and season, it is, and it feels like a movie. It, it feels it like it feels like Lord of the Rings. It does, and it is so good up until the very last episode. Mm. It is so good. <laughs> Well, you have like one problem with it. I do. You have one problem with it, and it's, and it's so a, it, small. It's, it's just so you can if you had if you had like sneezed, you would have missed it. Yeah, I kind of wish. Uh, man, I wish for allergies in 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 Utah. Yeah. Oh, speaking of Utah, Nerdtacular, twenty fourteen coming up next week at uh, uh, Snowbird Resort in Salt Lake City, Utah. That's the July fourth weekend. We're all going to be there, and I want to give you a rundown of some of the uh, some of the panels that are going on. I've put together a a comic panel track this year. Instead of having one track, there's three tracks. There's a podcasting track. There is a comics track. And then there is a um, live recorded show track, Mm -hmm. I guess, is is the third track. And, of course, then they have their main big events. But um, some comic book tracks you guys might be interested in is Breaking Into Comics. That'll feature webcomic creators Brian Dunaway, Scott Johnson, Joel Dugan. uh, I think he's did the colors on Bone, if I remember. Um, Of course, our own Adriana Ferguson and Howard Porter, one of those two, Joel Dugan or Howard Porter is the one that's currently one of the artists on the JLA 3000 series. That's Howard Porter. That's Howard Porter. Okay, so there you go. Then there's another one that's called Kickstarting Your Projects. There's a lot of comic creators who want to do their own Kickstarter campaigns but don't know where to start. And so we've got some uh, people that have done some successful Kickstarting campaigns. Uh, Many people may know Veronica Belmont, Justin Robert Young, Brian Brushwood, Andrew Allen and Dave Michael. 
Uh, they've all done some very successful mm-hmm. Kickstarter projects, and they're going to be talking about that. And we'll also, it's not necessarily about Kickstarter, just a lot of people know about Kickstarter. Right. Right. We'll like talk crowdfunding. About, yeah, we'll talk about crowdfunding. We'll talk about Indiegogo. We'll talk about Patreon. We'll talk mm-hmm. about all those different models yeah. uh, in that. That one should be very uh, interesting. Those are two panels that are going on on Friday. On Saturday, we've got comic book grading and collecting with Matthew and I. We will be sitting down talking about what does it mean to collect comics? Uh, what are they worth? How do they grade comics? How do you sell them? All those kinds of things uh, will be going on on Saturday I think that's at a one o'clock, I want to say. And then uh, Bill Duran and his wife, Brittany, will be doing a cosplaying panel where they will talk about the do's and don'ts when you go cosplay at a comic book convention. Mm-hmm. And that one will be moderated by our own Zach over here. What? Yay, me. Yeah. So uh, that should be really fun, especially with uh, Bill, uh, who's just been doing a lot of really cool. Mm-hmm. He quit his job. I want to say six months ago, seven months ago to do punishprops.com full time. Mm-hmm. And he's just been having a fun time with it. He's got some great um, ebooks out that he's published on how mm-hmm. to craft and build some. How to props. How to yeah, props, different kinds of things, costumes. Blue, blueprints up on his site that people can buy and model stuff out of. Yeah, yeah. It's really cool, man. You will learn at the. Uh, I don't know. Really, I don't think he's going to specifically. I think he's just going to talk about, you know, why to get into uh, it, those kinds of things. Go to so. his YouTube. Yeah, he's actually got a little bit of a pre a pre uh, version on that um, up on his website, punishprops.com, or his YouTube channel, I think, is Punish, Punish Props. Props. Yeah. yeah. Uh, as far as major spoilers-related appearances, uh, of course, Adriana, I just mentioned, is going to be on the Breaking Into Comics uh, panel, so you'll want to go into that. So she's going to talk about um, uh, minor acts of heroism and also some webcomic-type stuff. Uh, then we there is a major spoilers critical hit panel in the podcasting mm-hmm. track which will feature all of us, plus Rob and Brian and Adriana uh, in that. So it'll be major spoilers, critical hit, really anything that you guys want to talk about at that panel. And then um, I am one of the team members of the Frog Pants All-Stars. I think we're going to, yeah. I think our team name is, I think officially today, it has been settled to uh, Team Smack Talk. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. <laughs> and I think, I think Brian Dunaway is the captain. Uh, that's the last. I think, right. I think Nicole kind of got, uh, pushed out because uh, she was flying to Missouri and didn't have a vote. So we just kind of all voted Dunaway. Uh, <laughs> so that should be interesting. That sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then um, there is a, then I'll be sitting on the business of podcasting panel hosted by Nicole. Um, I think that's on Saturday Yeah. during the cosplaying panel. So yes. you kind of go back and forth there. Uh, but we'll be talking about, you know, what does it take to start your business? Just business stuff. And, yeah. if, and we had a packed panel last year that was a really impromptu panel that uh, Nicole, her husband, Mark, who's the Wood Whisperer, um, Yogg's cast. Uh, I forgot his oh, name. Uh, yeah, we both forgot. It'll come to us in a minute. T. Yeah. Uh, Turf, uh, Turf, yeah, Turf uh, sat on. And it was packed and people were wanting, you know, how yeah. do we set these up? How do we go about it? How do we do these next And it's things? even, it'd be even bigger this year because. It is because we got all the th- people that like. Like Tom Merritt, like changed Patreon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brushwood and those guys and new Patreon, so they all blew up and they all yeah, yeah. did crazy stuff. This yeah. Year. So this this year, uh, last year when we did the business podcasting one, we were in a small room. Yeah. This year we're in a three hundred seat room. So th- hopefully a lot of people will come to both of those panels. I'm sure. And of course, Frog Pants All Stars. Like I said, um, if you're looking for merchandise, Adriana is going to have a table selling minor minor acts of heroism stuff as well as some critical hit stuff, including. <gasps> Critical hit sketchbook. Sketchbook. I have those here on property. Wow. And they look fantastic. My wife was like, whoa, this looks pretty neat. I'm like, yeah, it does. (laughs) So we will have a limited number of those available for sale at the convention or at the event. So you'll want to pick those up very quickly because they will go fast. Mm -hmm. We're not bringing, you know, 700 of them. We're not bringing a thousand of them. 
We're bringing a limited number of those. We also have some buttons that we'll be selling. And then also you should be able to see some free bookmarks um, show up in your swag bag or just grab them at uh, Adriana's uh, table. Now, if you can't go handmade, I think. Yeah, handmade. uh, Kirsten. Um, her, Kristen. her Kristen, I keep calling her Kirsten, uh, from minor hacks, <laughs> minor acts of heroism. She's making all the buttons for us. Oh, yeah, so that's really cool. Of her. What are they? I think just little critical, critical hit, hit. Oh, just little sweet. critical hit buttons that people can pick up. So, yeah, so for just like a buck or so, um, if you can't attend Nertacular, because I know a lot of listeners are like, but I'm not going to be there and you're telling me all about this stuff that I want to get. <laughs> but it's in Utah. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the good thing. We will be selling that stuff. We will be making it available sometime in mid-July. As soon as we get back, we'll get um, all the accounts uh, squared up and then we will uh, tell you where you can go buy the sketchbook, where you can go buy little postcards. And if you have seen the cover, which I don't think we've really shown it much except on Twitter, um, if you've seen the cover for the Critical Hit Sketchbook, we are going to turn that into a full-size freaking poster. <gasps> Holy crap. So we're not going to be selling that at the show this year, because I just think many people don't want to yeah, walk around yeah. with rolled up posters. Hard. People are flying. But you crap. will be able to buy those and hang them up on your wall. I'm going to just buy like a hundred of them and plaster my bedroom with them mm-hmm. all over the place. Steven's got to redecorate his Yeah, it's time that to redecorate. Can, that way you can have a uh, torque watch you sleep. There you go. And his eyes kind of follow you around the room. So be looking for all of that. We'll post it up on the website. And again, this is all made possible because of fine listeners like you. Ching. Okay, let's get to some reviews. Review. Okay, I have no idea what uh, Dream Thief is about. Okay. Uh, but there's a new series of it called Dream Thief Escape. So apparently there's a mask that you put on and you fall asleep. And spirits, vengeful spirits, enter your body and go exact revenge on people who have killed them, who have wronged them. I've actually reviewed, I reviewed, I think, the first issue of Dream Thief on the podcast. Oh, from, from, uh, from so, the last yeah. series? Okay. Yep. So this is written by Jay Nitz, um, art by Greg Smallwood. This picks up sometime after the first series, where um, our, fa- our, our hero, John Lincoln, is now a Dream Thief, and he's okay with it. His partner, they're covering everything pretty cool. Except this one, we we run into a little issue. They are trying to get this convict out of prison, and they're doing everything they can to legally try to get him out of the system, all while trying to dodge the fact that John may be implicated in um, the murder of the of the guy who murdered his father. Well, why are they trying to get this convict out of jail that nobody knows about? Well, it turns out his father's spirit has inhabited the body of this convict, and... Um, needs to get out to get revenge against uh against the bad guy. We'll just call him the bad guy. So this <laughs> is really this is really kind of a different concept. I know that you've talked about it before Rodrigo uh, as you mentioned, but this is really kind of an interesting concept to a point. It is. When I when I saw the uh the name, I was not expecting that to be actually what the book was about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like the reverse of what I expect that is like I expected somebody who goes into people's dreams and steals stuff, yes. mm-hmm. but it's somebody who's like gets himself possessed mm-hmm. while he's asleep. It's 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 a it's a weird concept. I'll tell you what, I'm personally very surprised to hear like when it was like Dream Thief. What is this? What is escape. This yeah, but Dream Thief Escape. Number one, I was like, how can they keep doing this series? Yeah, well, this <laughs> like, is I a was totally really different surprised. Guy. I was like, this is going to go, you know, your six issues, your twelve issues, and then it's going to be done. There can't be that much that you can do with it, but apparently... Now it's a break out of prison caper, mm-hmm. and they're going to have to not only get 
this guy out of jail, but they also have to go get the guy who murdered his father out of jail. That's the big cliffhanger mm. in this. And it's like, why, 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 why? Because I guess they're going to try to break the curse of the dream thief. And apparently it passes on from family member to family member, often skipping um, the girls in favor of men for some reason, because more violent. I guess that's what it is. Um it is an interesting book. It was also a, probably written by dudes. Probably. Yeah. Uh, Jane, it, <laughs> this is a high concept piece. Mm. Um, I could see them t- trying to turn this into a movie pretty easily. Um, uh, the art is fine. But again, like you, it's like, how can you carry this on for a yeah. whole series? And now this is a second series. It's interesting enough that I'll probably pick up the second issue just to see what happens next. But the issue jumps back and forth through a couple of different recent time periods from 1984 then to present day and then to three weeks before present day and i didn't care for that too much for the disjointed storytelling i thought it was all going to take place in 1984 in which case i would have been like yeah yeah because they're down in miami and they're rocking the uh the crockett and tubs and the giant cell phones (laughs) and all of that stuff so um uh, yeah dream thief escape number one out this week from dark horse comics i'm giving this one three and a half slices of meatloaf it's an interesting first issue I don't know how much further it's going to go beyond that, though. So also out from Dark Horse Comics this week, Vandroid number five. This is the uh, take of 80s. Speaking of 80s Mm -hmm. stuff. I don't know if I even say 80s. I think this comes out of 1979. Uh, Vandroid number five of five from Dark Horse Comics. Um, I'm a little surprised by this book. Rodrigo had reviewed issue one on the MSP. I'm going to say five months ago. Probably. Probably. And uh, I was like, well, that doesn't really sound like my bag. But then mm-hmm. I was like, oh, what am I going to do? I need to review a book. And I'm like, hey, look, here's an episode of Android. And I reviewed number four for the website. And I'm like, wait, I got to find two and three and one. So I actually had to go and, and get two and three and one and read through all four of them. And basically, Vandroid is the comic adaptation of a 70s exploitation movie that never actually got made. Right. And I really love that concept. And at the end of last issue, we were ready for that fourth act big, you know, blow out the final bit of your your Terminator, of your Zardoz, of your big explosion. Right. And and this issue is all that. Somewhere along the line, Vandroid, who is uh, a robot cyborg type guy who likes vans and big sunglasses, uh, has also come into possession of three robot sidekicks called the Vanettes who, as the name would suggest, look like a 60s doo-wop group, only with, you know, kind of a 70s cyberpunk flair, if you can imagine that. And in this issue, their final attack on the evil headquarters of Evil Headquartersington takes place. This is gorgeous, gorgeous art. Dan McDade handles the art. And I'm familiar with his name, but I can't for the life of me remember why. But I really love the feel of this. I think it's kind of a cliche of... I know my reviews to say that it reminds me of heavy metal comics of my youth from 1982, 1985. But that is exactly what this feels like. Kind of that wide open, multicolor European influence. And I really enjoy it. And there's a little bit of, you know, Terminator in here. There's a little bit of several different things. There's a wonderful moment where Vandroid gets attacked by a gentleman who is clearly a black exploitation character who yells, Ice the Honky Ghost. And, of course, the fight ends, and it ends with Vandroid going, Sweet dreams, honky. I I love that in a way, 
And at the same time, I hate myself for loving it. This is kind of pure exploitation, B-movie, you know, grindhouse trash comics. And it's glorious. Uh, I, I really enjoy this issue. This is all fighty, fighty in denouement. But it ends with this beautiful moment of Vandroid walking out of flames. His flesh is completely gone. And he says to his friend who's, you know, clearly injured but not injured, injured, you know, like you are at the end of an action movie. Like the scene at the end of The Thing where Kurt Russell is there and the voice of the Martian Manhunter is there. And they don't know who The Thing is, but they think they're both The Thing. It has that same sort of vibe and it's got a wonderful ending where they clasp hands and they say they're going to get the band back together and we fade to black with Vandroid saying affirmative. I really like this book. I, I can't explain why, but I'm going to go with four slices of meatloaf for Vandroid number five. It's kind of retro in a good way. It's kind of awful in a wonderful way. It's exploitative. It's bizarre. And I really like it. And I think that people who like weird things should check it out because it is an esoteric book for sure, but a good one. Cool. That's Vandroid number five out this week from Dark Horse Comics. Why don't we just continue on and try to get a Dark Horse hat trick here? Yeah. And let's do uh, Eye of Newt number one, Rodrigo. Eye of Newt number one, Rodrigo. Yes. Uh, no, I'm sorry. That's me. That's Eye of Newt number one. I'm reviewing it. I'm Rodrigo. Uh, uh, writer, I am Matthew. Uh, <laughs> Wait, gonna, I thought we were yeah, starting no, over. We're just going to go through the show backwards now. Um, uh, Michael Haig. Uh, writing and uh, I think that's how it's pronounced writing and uh, doing the art mm -hmm. uh, this book is high fantasy stuff it's the story of a young wizard who is learning how to be a young wizard um, and it is drawn in a style that we kind of don't see very much of right now it's very 80s it's very like Sandman it's very oh, books yeah. of magic mm -hmm. where like the panels are things oh yeah yeah cool. you know it's like uh, they're in a forest and like the panels are like Trees. the roots of a tree cool. and things like that so if you if you cry cry and miss that that like late 80s early 90s kind of like uh, kind of expressionistic panels kind of thing uh, then then you need to pick up this book uh, the art is very pretty um I don't really have any complaints about it. Um, it's it's very classic European. Um, you know, it looks like an illustration that you might find in a uh, in a an edition of The Hobbit. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. or something like that. Um, of course, but you know, in full color. Um, the uh, now uh, the story is pretty slow. Basically, this entire issue is how a young wizard-to-be um, kind of gets initiated into the mysteries. Um, he's not from outer space or anything like that, right? He's not, he's not okay. from outer space. He's not a young urban youth. Um, he's not... Uh, he doesn't live underneath a stairwell. Um, and he's not the last airbender. <coughs> or, or, or a super hacker. Oh. Um, in fact, there's no indication that there's anything special about him other than the fact that he's learning to be a wizard. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's not like some poor peasant stable boy who shows well, some aptitude and they're like, oh my gosh, you're the next coming of... Well, the, the, he might be. There's not a lot of explanation about who he is. And 
although there's all this magical stuff happening, it's basically just him and his master, who's an old wizard, mm. who approaches this whole thing in a very matter-of-fact way. So, like, uh, like four pages in, a dragon shows up, <gasps> and he's just like, okay, let's get on this dragon. And they get on this dragon, and the dragon just takes them somewhere and then flies away, and then, like, the, the journey kind of continues. That's crazy. Like, it's... I like I I was I I kept sitting there thinking like I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. It's like to to a certain degree is like they're really showing us how blasé the wizard is about all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. But in the other sense is like I just like you would hope that in a comic a dragon shows up and people would be like holy crap a dragon. Mm-hmm. Right? Um Unless it's something like uh, the Pern books, right? Oh, where yeah, like everybody, yeah. where like everybody's riding around on a dragon. Yeah, but that's not the case here. So I, I go kind of back and forth on that. Really, the biggest issue with the story is that it's very linear. There's no real conflict. It's you're just kind of going along as the you know he kind of gets like a, a stone for his staff and a magic ring, um, and meets a little goblin that he hangs out with, and then. Uh, at the end, there is kind of a, a little bit of a twist, um, and it ends with, you know, so far, like, the wizard is kind of this uh, very uh, fatherly, kind of fatherly, like, stern, distant fatherly figure, and you're yeah. like, okay, well, he's, like, he's that character, right? He's yeah. the character who's, like, going to teach him, but he's not going to get too emotionally involved, and there's kind of, like, an, an additional twist there. Because he's like, oh, we are going to go to this event, and you're going to be partnered up with my greatest rival's apprentice. You have to kill her. She's another, <laughs> she's your age, and he's like, he's a little kid. You have to kill her. <laughs> and that's how it, like, you don't even get to see the the characters, the main characters, like, reaction. Like, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or whatever his reaction is. Like, that's just how it ends. He's just like, you have to murder her. <laughs> Like, all right. Crazy so it's like, town. So, I mean, this comic, if you if you like chart out the excitement level of it, is like there's like this huge spike and you don't even get to see the top of it because the issue ends before you can even get to <laughs> Shatters it. Shatters out of the panel. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Come back so next month, you adventurer. I am curious to see. Like, I was like, okay, well, medieval fantasy, I'm generally not into this. This is yeah, yeah. super straightforward. This is like Wizard of Earth Sea stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Harry Potter, yeah, like... Yeah. Here, are, here are, we're kind of like establishing the ground rules of magic, kind of stuff. Um, but the the fact that all of us like that, you know, your Gandalf or your uh, Dumbledore or whatever turns to Harry Potter and says, "You have to murder this person." Like, <laughs> all right, well, they're taking it in a different direction, at least. All right. So I'm gonna give this uh, three and a half slices of meatloaf. Okay. Um, the art is very pretty. Again, if 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 like me. You don't realize that you kind of miss that uh, that style where the the art is the frame is the art. Yeah. Um, then uh, then you'll you'll definitely enjoy this. Very cool. All right. Thank you, Rodrigo. Zach, shall we continue yes. with four Dark Horse comics in a row? <gasps> no. Sorry. Oh, Didn't get to Minlock. Didn't get to Minlock. I got left out of the group chat this what? week. What is it for? If three is a hat trick, what's four? Like a turkey? <laughs> no, that's like, three. That's three too. in bowling. In bowling, yeah. Yeah. Four is like the other team might as well just go home at that oh, point. Okay. Well, I mean, it depends what sport you're playing. I think three is yeah. a menage a trois, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Gross. That must what? be a different sport. 
so no I'm not doing a Dark Horse book I am doing a Comixology submit book oh okay so this is uh, for those people that don't know submit is their indie comic publishing route for for indie comic publishers a lot of good stuff comes out there Uh, last week on the show Rodrigo described sometimes he just looks at a book goes and see if anyone is reviewing it and just calls it before he looks at it at all Pretty much that's sometimes his, his, his philosophy on picking yep, books. Yep. That, that was mine. There wasn't anything that really caught my eye. Some of it from the big major publishers. I just started skimming through all review copies. Eventually saw this on Comixology's site. And I said, well, okay. And so... How's that again? Well, okay. Yeah. So I went and called it in our, <laughs> in our review system. And then I cracked the first page. Sync number one is 11 pages long. S-I-N-K? S-Y-N-K. Okay. Oh, S Y S Y N K N K. Yes. Hashtag it's one. Half sync. Half sync. Yes. I'm confused. Yeah. Is here's here's all the information I had going into this book. This is the uh, info line. What happens when fiction takes a step into reality? That's that is more words than this entire book. There's no words in this book. It's all pictures. Um. Which is good and bad. So this is eleven pages long. Uh, you know, the submit titles can range from whole volumes to pretty right. short stuff. Right. Uh, so this is eleven pages. Didn't know going into it again. Uh, this book is all art, and it follows this writer who. This is what I'm inferring from the plot. Needs to finish the book in two days. Is really stressed about it. Starts having. Uh, freak out attacks. He's seeing things. His work is coming off the page, but we don't actually see what he's writing. We just see people like appear on his computer or appear like on his page, and his page turns to fire. He has this weird dream where he builds a robot, and the robot takes off his head and swaps it with the right the main character's head. Then he wakes up, goes to a bookstore, signs some books. One of his characters walks by. He smiles, signs his name. Done. Eleven pages. No words. All art. Sounds kind of cool. It is cool when I explain it like that. It's very confusing when you're <laughs> flipping through the pages um, because you just you just are, you're inferring the whole time, right? It's, yeah. I mean, you're just you're just uh, making your best guess of what happens, and uh, not trying to get into the art, but you you don't. I mean, you're not giving anything. You're just saying like this is a. You're just reading in debate. Mm-hmm, you know what I'm mm-hmm, saying? Mm-hmm. Okay, so. Here's here's what I would like to see. This book was written, quotes, and uh, drawn by an artist in uh, Sweden. I think I got that right, or Holland. Uh, who goes Sweden by the name? or Holland? Holland. I don't remember. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's Sweden. Uh, Bo Ashy is the name uh, this guy uses for his art. Uh, B O A S H I. Com. You can go to his website and you can see some of his work. This is his first comic he's done. It was actually released in Tokyo at the beginning of the year. And now it is on Comixology Smith releasing this week. Okay. What I would love to see from Boashi, because uh, I really, really like his art style. And I thought the art was really good. It's kind of reminded me of like Brian Lee O'Malley, yeah. but mixed with some of the style and weirdness of adventure time, especially when I went like through some of his illustrations on his website. So I really dig it, but I think that, um, this, this illustrator artist would 
be better if uh, he got to pair up with a writer. I think uh, anyone looking to pitch a script, maybe throw it to Bo Ashey. Uh, if it's a webcomic, I think that would be great. Uh, if it's another small comic, I would really like to see him get to flesh out a story over, I don't know, 15 to 20 pages or go and do a webcomic weekly and just to see what he can do there when given like a narrative story to follow and collaborating with someone. Cause I think he's really talented and I really like his style and I would love to see more of it. Unfortunately, sync, um, story-wise was interesting. I think, uh, it should be explored more. I feel like it's done. I know, I know it says number one, but it feels done from what he was mm-hmm. trying to do. Um, so I would love to see some more work for him. So with that, I'm going to give this book two and a half slices of meatloaf just because I think the art is really good. And I think there's something there for the artist that I would like to see him go on and do some more work because I like that a lot. So okay. That's my review of cool. sync number one. Cool, cool, cool. And that's 99 cents, right? Yeah. Or is it 49 cents? 99, 99 cents. 99 cents? Okay. Yeah. Go check that out over at comicsology.com. And you can head over to majorspoilers.com to check out all the reviews that we have over there. Uh, some good ones this week. Go check it out. Go check it out. It's all at majorspoilers.com. Speaking of major spoilers, over there, we also have this thing called the Major Spoilers Poll of the Week. Poll of the Week, 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 week. You know, weeks ago, we started this thing with Hermione. Where we were going to see how good of a wizard that she was. How she did beat. that start, by the way? That's just you like, just, that's just just like one uh, Steven got a wild hair. It's yeah. like, uh, you know, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Oh, yeah, there's another young uh, little wizard uh, by the name of Hermione okay. from Harry Potter. What would happen if they had a wizard no, I was battle? just wondering. I was like, okay, who would beat who? Well, Hermione won. I was like, oh, I wonder who else she could go up against. So she went up against Scarlet Witch. Guess what? Scarlet Witch beat her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, maybe she's not strong enough to go up against Scarlet Witch. Maybe she could go up against Zatanna. Uh, it turns out she lost against that mm-hmm. in our reader poll. Mm-hmm. And so this week, we're pitting Zatanna against Scarlet Witch yes. to see who would come out victorious in a fight of magic. Hermione is over there in the uh, in the corner, yes. getting her magical stitches, uh, mm-hmm. magical cuts stitched up. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So Zach, who's going to yeah. win in this fight between uh, Zatanna and Scarlet Witch? Um. Well, I don't know. So I was reading some of our great. Uh, Writers in comments, our readers at majorspoilers.com, our comments. Like Pierce, who said, I voted Zatanna. Her hanging out with Constantine, surely added to her bag of dirty, underhanded tricks. Still counts as a win if you win fighting dirty, right? Yes. Uh, But that was not the comment that influenced me. My comment that influenced me was from Paul. Paul says, says, go ahead. ahead. He says, no specific rationale for choosing Zatanna other than the bow tie. Bow ties are cool. See, I'm going to agree with Paul that bow ties are cool. But then I looked at the other pictures and I said... If we're going to choose this off clothing, because I have no rationale to choose the other one either, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm going to go Scarlet Witch, because she has this cool helmet thing on her head, and she not does. many people can pull off a helmet thing. If you can pull off a helmet thing, you should win in a battle. I went mm. with Scarlet Witch. She gets that from her dad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's literally the Magneto helmet without the top. Boop. Matthew, what about it's you? It's like a legacy thing. Yeah, it's a legacy. Uh, you know, Zatanna poor, gets poor Quicksilver. her costume from her <laughs> yes, dad. Know, at, least, at least the top part. <laughs> the fishnets. Matthew is going to win in this fight between Scarlet Witch and Zatanna. I actually kind of broke it down on the same level because I look at it. These are both high-level characters. One's a Justice League or one's an Avenger. Yeah. They are the top magic-y magic guys of their world for fighting. I mean, Doctor yeah, Strange outpowers Scarlet Witch, but Doctor Strange is an NPC. Yeah. Same with Doctor Fate and the Spectre. 
So for me, what it really broke down to was a question of they're equally powered. They're equally cute. I like both of their uniforms equally. So I went for, well, the Scarlet Witch's father is a villain. Zatanna's father is a hero. Zatanna's father is an older hero than the Scarlet Witch's father, who's a villain. Heroes beat villains because it's comics. So I voted Zatanna based on the twisted logic of uh, the fanboy. Rodrigo, what about you? You know, I I really don't have a dog in this fight. Yeah, me because neither. these are these are two characters that I don't really I've never really cared about um, because I kind of hate poorly defined yeah, powers. powers. Yeah, and That's- and magic is particularly bad about that. Um, it it really seems that really both of these characters are brought in um, to kind of plug areas that the writers are a lot of the time having trouble like figuring out like what do we do here Uh, the scarlet witch will either fix it or break it depending on what you want yes (laughs) i just say something backwards fix the situation so we can go home sushi Um, night so uh i had to go with um what actually i think is interesting about these characters uh which is the backstory now um satana uh, again, from the the stuff that I've read, um, you know, she does have she gets her magic from her dad. Uh, dad is you know on either side of the law depending on on how it's going. You know, there's problems there. Magical journeys teams up with Batman. Maybe got at at any given point is trained to fight by like any uh, like wh- whatever old. Uh, ju- like Justice Society guy is in vogue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Let's yeah. say Wildcat. Let's say Wildcat. That's the guy that's what's the uh, guy that always has the uh, uh, jewel in his in his turban. Sargon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Sargon. She was trained by Sargon. Right. Yeah. Why not? Right. Uh, she was she was trained to fight by Doctor Midnight and or Wildcat. Whatever. Now, the Scarlet Witch, though, the Scarlet Witch is the daughter of Magneto. So, you know, there you go. Back and forth superhero guy. Mm -hmm. Same deal. Mm -hmm. But she was raised Uh by a genetically advanced cow (laughs) on a mountain. You voted on Bova, didn't you? I did. I did. (laughs) So raised by a magically advanced cow on a mountain full of highly evolved by which they they meant humanoid animals by <laughs> us i want to say uh, a space robot uh the um, high evolutionary is actually a guy yeah, from the yeah, 30s he's a, who looks yeah, he's, like a he's space a dude robot. he's a dude he just dresses like a space robot and i believe in most uh, <laughs> Keeps the cows in line in most iterations of it a pink space robot <laughs> exactly pink um, and white yeah so pink pink space robot uh or guy dressed like a pink space robot uh, takes in mutant children, has a cow raise them. Um, I will have just on sheer comic insanity. The Scarlet Witch wins. Yeah. Russ Katz says, "I think if both characters had their power levels dialed back to an eight, the Scarlet Witch's probability shifting powers could tip the scales." Paul says, "No specific rationale for choosing Santa, just the bow tie." Mike says, uh, "I'm going to go with Scarlet Witch because she does not need to speak, only to think." As in many of her fights, this will probably be decided by who gets things off first. Um, Hip Hop Head says, Zatanna, if this bag- battle is magic, Scarlet Witch is a mutant, and sometimes she has no idea what her powers will do. Uh, Black Fishnet Stockings 
There you go. Uh, Stark's Scrap says Hermione. Cat <laughs> Halo says Scarlet Witch gets my vote. And uh, I think Scarlet Witch gets my vote as well this week uh, for no other reason than, eh, she's uh, got some uh, an evil streak in her and, and evil streaks have a tendency to come out and do uh, dirty fighting mm-hmm. at the Red's last minute. Color. So I went with uh, went with Scarlet Witch. I mean, if you really are looking at the costumes, it really like it's I don't like, know, if, if I like, buy people... costumes only, it would uh-huh. definitely be Zatanna. Would it? Because yeah. it's like you know, it's like some people are into fishnets, but yeah, some yeah. people are into the sheer look. And like Scarlet Witch usually does wear just like stockings, right? So it's like if you're into stockings, this is the fight for you. <laughs> you get your choice. That's how we build as. Yeah. <laughs> stockings versus stockings. The stocking smackdown. So Matthew, how's the uh, vote standing right now? As of right now, I'm seeing 117 votes, 56% leaning towards the Scarlet Witch, 44% Satana Zatara. Very, very close battle this week. It's kind of uh, almost 50 50 on 117 votes. We're looking at what, maybe seven people? Maybe. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Next week, seven. ladies and gentlemen. Oh, I should say, go over to majorspoilers.com right now. Vote in the Major Spoilers right poll of the week. Yes. Yeah, whatever oh. you're doing right now. If you're on your mobile device, you can go over to Major Spoilers. This is web friendly. Cast your vote. If you're in front of your computer at work, just stop what you're doing. <laughs> even if I'm about to ruin. Even if it's like uh, to switch the uh, the on-off switch from nuclear power disaster to safety uh-huh. mode, just stop <laughs> what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Homer. Go do the Major Spoilers poll of the week and uh, cast your vote. Next week, I'm going to give you a hint. It's actually going to be a two-parter. And this one is where you're actually going to be quote-unquote betting, but not for anything real. Oh, but I'm sweet. going to give you a hint. Red versus blue. <gasps> TV show. And you're going to have to choose which. And then the following week, you're actually going to see if you were right or not. Hmm. Red versus blue. Yes. Red versus blue. Wow. Next week's major spoilers poll of the week. Get you Man. excited right now. I'm just going to just go watch red versus blue. Yeah. There's I don't even know what that means. Yeah. Okay. You'll see next week. It's going to have a different kind of take. All right. But I think you guys will Playing get a kick out of it. game. Yep. And then you'll have a, then you you'll, always this, is, this is the one where you're, you're, you actually are voting on what you think the outcome will be as opposed to most of the polls where it's just like you're just voting on what you think yeah, is what going you you know, the majority rules. This one is there's going to be a whole bunch of people that are going to vote one way and you're going to be wrong. So, oh, okay. So I see what we're doing. <laughs> we're going to vo- <laughs> So we're voting next week on a color, on a color, an, an well, arbitrary when, color. We're, once you understand yeah, what the yeah, whole yeah. thing's about. So we're going to have two choices and we're going to vote on one or the other. Arbitrarily, not going to have any idea what it is about. You're not and gonna, we're going to yeah. try to pick... Who we think is going to win the following week. Yes. Fine. Yes. Sounds fun. Do I need to explain for you, Zach? No, no, I I have got it down. (laughs) It's going to be a battle. Yeah. Between two things. Yeah. One of them is red (laughs) Mm -hmm. and one of them is blue. Sure. And you will have to decide which one you think is going to win. In the next week's poll. And then, yes, in next week's poll. Yeah. And then the week after that, I will post up on the Major Spoilers website a video. Oh, okay. Where you will see. Who wins, red or blue? Oh. And then you will have the bragging rights to saying, yes, I knew it. Okay, so next week's poll. <laughs> it's like a bet. Is, 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 you place it, your bets. Yeah, yeah, place yeah, yeah, your yeah, yeah. bets. Next not, week's poll is a poll about the next week's poll. No, it's no, not about the next week's poll. That's what I thought it was, but it's not. <laughs> no, the next yeah, week's we'd poll. We'd be getting really meta if it's yeah. like. That's what I thought we were betting on. I was like, yeah. we're betting on who we it's think like, is going to win. You're not betting on Power Girl versus Supergirl. You're yeah. betting on who is going to pick what. Yeah. Yes. 
Like, no. no, you're gonna, you're no. all right. You're placing your bet on who's gonna win in a fight. That's what I here's, thought it was. And in this case, the, see, here's look, what the in, all, in all these polls that we do, these theoretical fights, it's all theoretical because it's basically majority voice of, well, we all think Scarlet Witch is gonna win. So, therefore, in people's minds, Scarlet yes. Witch wins the fight. Next week, you're gonna have a fight between two things mm-hmm. one is red, one is blue. And you're gonna say, well, I think red will win. And you're gonna say, okay, I'm gonna pick red. And then the following week, these two things will actually have a physical battle. Wow. And you will see which one wins, and you can say, I was right, or you can say, oh, I was wrong. I would say, oh, you did it wrong, is what the internet will say. Probably. Because <laughs> that's yeah. the internet. So that's next week. Hey, listen. Man, that are is, you listening? That sounds exciting. Are you listening? You know why you probably are not listening? Because you don't have a pair of tweaked audio headphones. <laughs> tweaked Audio, sponsoring this portion of the Major Spoilers podcast. So so happy to have TweakedAudio.com as a sponsor of Major Spoilers. Head over to their website, check out all the different kinds of earbuds, the headphones, the things that you can put into your ears. I only put I said one ears. Th- I only put one thing in not, my ears. Not in your nose, Tweaked Zach. Audio Tweaked Audio. They are the best. Designed audio for great nose. music, designed for great talk. I like the ones that have the built-in microphone, because mm-hmm. you can just plug them into your cellular device and go off and have conversations, and then when the cellular conversation is done, you can switch back to your mobile music, maybe your <laughs> MP3s. I know some of you are still listening to your .wavs, but uh, check this out. You head over to Tweaked Audio. You could pay between $20 and $40 for a pair of these headphones. (gasps) But when you use the checkout code MAJOR over at TweakedAudio.com, you're going to get a third off that price. It's over at TweakedAudio.com. It's 33.5%. You know, this week... Uh, was it uh, 25 years ago? Yeah. 25 yeah. years ago. 1989. You could walk into a movie theater and you could see this crazy ass movie called Batman. Now, check this out. For people that grew up anytime before 1989, you had two outlets for Batman. Well, three. You go read the comic books. Right. Right. That's one. That's a given. You could watch the old Batman 66 series, which was still in rerun somewhere in the world. Nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's all Adam West. You just can't get rid of a bomb. Right. (laughs) Right. You could get all of that. Like a giant clam is going to eat raw. Giant clam. Thank goodness he had shark repellent that week. Or number three, you could watch Batman and Robin team up with Scooby-Doo. Right. Unfortunately, it was still Burt, (laughs) Burt Ward and Adam West. Well, there was Super uh, Friends, too. Actually, in the Scooby-Doo original crossover, it was Ulan Sool and Casey Kasem. But you could... That's where you could get your Batman and Robin. But this was a different Batman. Mm -hmm. No Robin. Right. Number one. Number two, it had that guy that... That was Beetlejuice. That was Beetlejuice. Well, he wasn't Beetlejuice yet. Duplicity. Maybe he was. Was he? Ble- he no. was. He was not in duplicity yet either. He was uh, Mr. Mom. He was Mr. Mom. Listen, listen. Yeah. He was. He was a comedy actor. People knew him from comedies like um, uh, what was the one where he went to uh, Tokyo and had to get the 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 car manufacturer Gung Ho. He was in that movie. He was in mm-hmm. Mr. Mom. Well, uh, he was comedy. Ha ha ha. Beetlejuice came out in '88. Okay, so we did. Oh, so yeah. Beetlejuice had just come out. Yeah, and now this guy is gonna play this guy. Look at me. He's going to play Batman? <laughs> I'm Batman. Hey, wait a minute. They're the same guy. Uh, he was in Night Shift running a, a brothel yes, out of Night a Shift. He Yes, Night Shift. Love them. 
Yes. You're talking about Michael, we're talking about Michael Keaton. And then to top it all off, the guy who did Beetlejuice, right? Mm-hmm. And the guy who did Edward Scissorhands mm-hmm. is directing this crazy-ass movie? Yeah. And the guy that hacked open the door and said, here's Johnny, is going to play the Joker? Well, actually, that makes a lot of sense, really. <laughs> that actually, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> kind of dead on. Yeah. That's a little too dead on, actually. Batman, the only best advertising in the world. Mm-hmm. Black poster. Those weird teeth. Shiny new, shiny new Batman logo on there. Yeah. And that is it. Yellow, yellow symbol. Yellow, Batman. yellow sparkly symbol. Now, I've been rocking a Batman shirt since, you know, like 82, man. Yeah. Yeah. Same shirt. And I think yeah, I still have it upstairs represent. somewhere. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it just stands up by itself. It doesn't. It, no, it's really super faded. It's like so thin now. Yeah. That's like you can see through it. Gross. In, in places. Uh, oh, man, I oh. wore the crap out of that whenever <laughs> I first it was like 80. 283 when I first got the shirt and I just wore it all the time. So Batman came out and I was like, oh, I'm going to go see this movie. Oh, it's got uh, Kim Basinger, Basinger in it. And it's got the guy from Hollywood Nights in it as well. Robert Wool. <laughs> Robert Wool. <laughs> and, and it's, wait, is that the one that has Lando Calrissian? Yes, it is. Lando Mayor, Calrissian as, uh, as, as Two-Face uh, or as, uh, as Harvey Dent. Har- yeah, Harvey Dent, Harvey yeah. Dent yeah. Which I think was the biggest in the subsequent movies the biggest failing is yeah. that they didn't bring Billy D. Williams back. Batman blew the world away. Yeah. This is a movie that no one expected it to be good. What do you mean this dark superhero? What do you mean a dark superhero movie? I don't understand what you mean. This should be like Adam West running around and people just lost their crap, man. Yeah. This thing most, went most to of the one. freaking out was all about Michael Keaton. Most of the well, you know what's interesting is that um, you know today people will take to the internet and go, "Well, Michael Keaton should never be playing a superhero." Uh, back then, there was actually Usenet. Usenet was around, mm-hmm. and people were oh, yeah. actually taking to Usenet and saying, "Mr. Mom should not be playing Batman." Yeah. Arts right. Comics Batman was yep. on fire. Yep, back in 1989. <laughs> um, and then, of course, mm-hmm. you had uh, uh, Jack Nicholson playing the joker Mm -hmm. and people were like well this should be interesting and i think to be honest i think more people went to the movies to see him play jack napier than him and kim yeah than to go see this guy dressed up in a bat suit but it was dark it was brooding and it ushered in a whole new era or no it not a whole new era it is ushered in the era of the superhero movie in theaters i mean yes you could have your superman movies but by the time you got to uh, Richard Pryor and Superman flying around fighting a giant uh, computer, it had turned into more of a, a comedy than anything. Mm-hmm. It was on par with 66 Batman. Now, I'm not saying 66 Batman was terrible. It's just a different kind of superhero movie. Sure. It was, yeah. But everything that we look at from here on out, doesn't matter if it's Avengers, doesn't matter if it's The Incredible Hulk, doesn't matter if it's uh, Birdman, which is coming up, also starring Michael Keaton. Batman, 89 Batman, kicked off a whole new era of superhero movies, and it's 25 years old. It made, it's older it made, than Zack. Yes. It made the superhero movie a viable, successful yeah. movie rather mm-hmm. than just a niche outlet. Like, you know, if you look at, you know, your your weird 70s kung fu movies, you would occasionally have like an Enter the Dragon, but a lot of those people right. look at it and go, those are trash movies. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. superhero movies that we got were like Condor Man. Yeah. Oh, things right. that Condor were in Man. that, that, that weird niche Puma vein. Man. Puma, Puma Man. Man. Puma Man's an idiot. 
Um, even even if you look at the Don't Superman the- Superman two, those movies were huge. They were popular, mm-hmm. but they weren't necessarily superhero movies in the the what what I would consider to be a superhero movie. Those the first movie was a romance adventure that had Superman in it. Right. The third movie was flat out comedy, and the second movie was kind of somewhere in between. Had which a one wasn't um, four? Which was four? Was the Quest for Peace? Quest for Peace. That was the one where they fought on the moon with uh, nuclear weapons. That was the one that was awful. Yeah, that one. <laughs> That one had that nuclear. That one was man. the one that was awful. <laughs> yeah, that one was the one. That uh, I was think Richard awful. Pryor was pretty bad too. It was not as bad as four. And the no. thing about three, three has, and this is way off topic, one of the most terrifying things I've ever seen on television or in the movies takes place in Superman three when Lex Luthor's sister, or the actually the Robert Vaughn character's sister, is turned into a cyborg mm-hmm. on screen. Mm-hmm. And she is like literally, if you look at it, it looks like she's being torn apart and having these things injected into her body and her eyes are replaced. And it's Oh, it's terrifying. Oh, I hate it. So I remember seeing Batman in theaters. I mean, I went, um, I don't think I went with my friends. I was pretty comfortable just saying, hey, mom. I'm going to take the truck. I'm going to go up to Kansas City. I'm going to go watch this movie. And she's like, okay, just be home by so-and-so. Or actually, my parents were pretty cool about curfew. They were just like, let us know when you come home. Yeah. You know, so if it was two in the morning, as long as I said, hey, I'm home, they were cool with it. They knew I wasn't out screwing around. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I remember going seeing Batman. I think it was an afternoon movie. I think I went up there on a, on a, on a spur of the moment. And I was just like, I'm going to go see this Batman movie. And the theater hadn't opened up yet, so I had to kill an hour. So I went and bought a pair of shoes. Back then, you could buy a pair of shoes, go to the movies, and eat at McDonald's, and still have $5 left over. <laughs> went to the multiplex, I think six theaters or whatever it was, and I went and saw Batman, and I was like, this is better than anything I could have hoped for. Mm-hmm. And I was reading, who, who was writing Batman at the time? Uh, Frank Miller had been yeah. out. This would have been like uh, Munch was doing the art or writing, I forget. Uh- it would have been uh, maybe Doug Munch or Alan yeah. Grant in 89. Yeah, Doug Munch. So I was not really super high on Batman at that time. But here's a, holy crap, here's a movie that blew us out of the water. And I bet, I think it was maybe the next weekend I went back and saw it again. This is the only movie as a young person that I went and saw in the movie theater twice, made a point of seeing it twice because it was so cool. And Batmania overtook the country. I mean, people were shaving the oh. Batman logo into oh. their, into their, their hair. Into their nice. hair. Into their fades. Yeah. That was a thing back then, too. Like fades. If you watch the fades. World Cup, there's a lot of soccer players that have stuff mm-hmm. drawn in their heads. Yeah, yeah. And that was, yeah. I mean, people were doing that. People were going around, I mean, dressing up as the Joker, putting the face paint on, putting on the purple outfit, and running around and, and going to see this as the Joker and just going nuts. I, I think the thing that stood out for me when I first saw Batman was just the architectural world, the gothic world mm-hmm. that Tim Burton created. Yeah. And just being blown away by that, by going, oh, my gosh, this city is huge. I mean, this is a huge city built with, you know, colossus yeah, statues. statues. Yep. And then, of course, the streets were always deserted. There was like five people all yeah. crowded around. Newspaper yeah. flying yeah. past. Yeah, yeah. And that was that was the thing that that really caught my my attention. Matthew, what about you? I mean, you, you did you see this in the theater when it came out? I saw this a number of times. I saw this with a girl that I had a huge crush on who later married my college roommate. But I saw it two or three times this was the summer before we went to college yeah, this yeah, was yeah. the june in between high school yeah, and this college. was the, this was the summer that my parents just left me alone they're like you yeah. want you want to get up in the morning go sit on the back porch read a doc savage book and gather some sun rays okay fine by us you don't have to go get a job you want to just be lazy fine by us that's you the know, best summer ever that that's what i called uh parenting 
being left alone when I was <laughs> six and seven. But no, yeah, I went to see this several times. And one time I saw it and it was wonderful because there were these two little boys behind me and they were so excited and they did not speak a whit of English, but they knew Batman and they were chattering and they were so excited and they were super happy. And every once in a while I would hear them in the middle of their, you know, I think it was Tagalog actually. And their, their long and involved conversation that they were having. And you'd be like, I don't need to the Batman. It was so wonderful just to have that excitement. Everybody in the theater would sit down and be like, Oh, well, this isn't what I thought this was at all. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it, it, it really, and this is the thing. I went with a super pretty girl. We were both 19, 18 years old, and I watched that whole movie. I didn't even make out with her. <laughs> I, know, I didn't even try. I wouldn't have probably succeeded had I tried. But the fact remains that I did not even try. And this movie, and I've said this before, and this sounds cynical, but I want you to know that I say this with love and affection for our, our shared uh, hobby. This movie was so successful that until the Marvel Cinematic Universe model, this was not just the model. This is the movie they made over and over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. This movie is the superhero movie. Dick Tracy is this movie. Yes. The Nick Fury movie with David Hasselhoff is this movie. To some degree, even Sam Raimi's Spider-Man is this movie. Mm -hmm. And it's something that, you know, it, it brought a lot of really interesting pieces to the Batman puzzle. And it brought a lot of pieces together for people who wanted to make superhero movies. Mm -hmm. Some of them great, you know, like the fact that you can take him seriously. You shoot him so you can't tell that Michael Keaton can't turn his neck. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, you shoot it to where that car that is so big and bulky and really is no, in no car. way straight legal. Fiberglass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it looked wonderful. Can't even you, turn. And you take, you know, the thing like Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson's Joker in this movie is the single best dead on perfect portrayal of the Riddler in yes. comic yes. book <laughs> history. Yes. And yes. that's okay because Jim Carrey later does the Riddler as the Joker a couple mm. of movies down the line. But this is a wonderful movie where you have a protagonist, you have your Batman and your Joker. This movie solidifies that whole Batman and the Joker are dark mirrors of each other thing. This movie actually puts them together as having Jack Napier as the one. Yeah, yeah, which is really interesting Jones because Jill. of the um, the killing joke, which had just come out. Uh, mm -hmm. a year before yeah just a year before and so to have jack napier as a character there and and in the movies really kind of made to me it made the killing joke seem more of a here is a bunch of stuff that leads up to what yeah. people don't see in um in the movies now rodrigo you're just old enough right to to, to have, have seen to have been born at, before this movie came out yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I was six years old when this movie came out. So, did you? Did your parents take you to go see Batman? I mean, it's a kind of a PG. No, no, they did not. I was I was too little to go see it. My my mom to this day jabs my dad in the ribs because uh, he took her to see this movie on their anniversary, ah. and I think she Whoa. wanted to she wanted to watch something else, like whatever else was out at the time. I don't know. Pretty in pink. I don't know when it come out at that year. Yeah, yeah. No, um, I know. Damn I, know. It. I don't know. Star I was, Trek Five was, I was out three that. years. That also not something that you wanted. Ghostbusters to watch. Two was out. <laughs> um, Heather's was out that year. Maybe, maybe um, Heather's. Um, Who's Heather's? I don't know. The Pelican Brief. Who knows? But um, 
uh, yeah. T- so my dad is like, "Oh, I'll take you to see a movie for our anniversary." And she's like, "Great!" And, like they show up and it's Batman. And my dad's like, "It's Batman!" And she's just like fuming. <laughs> Did um, she like it? Um, she didn't. I, I, I think she might have come around to liking it eventually, but she didn't like it too much the f- at first because of two reasons: one, that yes, and two because she loved the Adam West Batman, right? right and right. like uh, everyone, uh. From, I think, my grandparent or from my parents' age through my age and probably past, grew up with the Adam West yeah, Batman yeah, yeah, be- yeah. In, in Mexico. Yeah. Because TV mo- moves so much slower well, there. That's what like, I'm saying. For, yeah, people are still, wa- like, people are still watching Gilligan's Island if like, you watch, in Mexico. If you listen to the Fat Man on Batman podcast, mm-hmm. Kevin Smith is the same way that I was. You would come home in the afternoon and for... For me, it was for an entire summer. You could come in and watch back-to-back episodes of Batman 66, and that's what you watched when you got home at the end of the day, because it's Batman number one, and it's Batman. Yeah. So I probably didn't... I, I watched this movie at home on, on a VCR the, for the first time. And what was your... Do you have any uh, fond memories of it the first time? I, I enjoyed it. I thought, like... I thought at times it was boring. Like, I liked all the Joker scenes, mm-hmm. but, like, a lot of, like, the Batman stuff was, like, really dark. Mm-hmm. Um, it drags a bit, and and it and it drags a bit. And there were things that, like, as again, as a six, seven year old kid, I just kind of wasn't interested in in the movie. Right, right, right. Um, but you know, like, really long gun was cool, and you know, like buzzer <laughs> stuff yeah, that was yeah. cool. Um, and you know, I like the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Like Prince is Prince's pretty soundtrack. That yeah. was that was pretty crazy too. At one point, they were going to hire Michael Jackson to do the entire soundtrack, mm-hmm. which would have been a totally different yeah. soundtrack. Maybe not as popular of a movie. If, if Well, maybe, I don't know. Prince I, was Prince oh. was pretty hot at that time. He, he was, but Michael Jackson, like, Michael was Jackson was never hot. not on top of the yeah. world. No, after, I know, but like, I'm just trying to think, though, just his stylings. What would, have, what would have come out right after Batman? What was the album? Was that the Moonraker album? Moonwalker? Moonwalker album? <laughs> it's got yeah. jaws trying to bite michael's head off michael jackson's wife is killed by mi-13 <laughs> yeah i loved that movie um i don't know in the 80s let's see he had the mtv i mean prince had what purple rain was his biggest thing well that uh, was you know, a couple that, of years before that i know but that prince was still was his in biggest kind thing. of a, a thriller had come out of, right in 82 in 80s, yeah mm-hmm um, 88 he would have just put out moonwalker captain eo was 86 87 was bad. 91 was dangerous. So this would have come out between bad and dangerous, which which is actually the huge reinvention of Michael. I mean, the second part of Michael, probably the third part of Michael Jackson's career was dangerous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that would have been was, interesting. That was enormous. I Maybe that's why he didn't that. do it, because he was actually like in a chrysalis, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah. transforming himself into <laughs> dangerous Michael Jackson from bad Michael it Jackson. Trains, we call those oxygen tins. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I just remember a lot of dark, 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 yep. dark, dark, dark. Uh, and again, like I said, because this was all shot on a studio lot, you yeah, couldn't okay. get the thousands of extras that really should have been populating the city. That That would, mm-hmm. you know, in hindsight... Looking back, there should have been thousands of people populating those streets, which never happened. But, but it's well, a, it's kind a of bur- like during the parade. Scene. Even yeah. then, if you watch those parade scenes, yeah. there's like maybe a hundred, two hundred people there mm. in the street. But it's a Burton movie, and Burton movies always feel like I don't know if it, if there's like a kind of a thing where it feels like it's a diorama, and you you know you have like yeah, Lego yeah. figures wandering around. 
it really feels like it fits the piece because Gotham City is so dark and horrible that everybody's locked inside. Yeah, and that's that's the one thing that I could see. People that are fighting. That's that's the one thing that I could see. To an extent, yeah, I can see that. I think that was my justification for the longest time. But looking at it today, I'm just like, that seems just rather desolate for a city that's as (laughs) huge and big and massive as it is. It should be teeming with little ants. Was this PG thirteen? I think it was PG. Look it up. Do you, yeah, 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 look it up. Zach, do ratings you, uh, were pretty weird back then. Still, Zach, do you remember? Well, we had PG thirteen by then. Yeah, Grimm I know, and, but and, uh, the ratings Red Dye had already come out. Like, yeah, yeah. You can't translate ratings now. The ratings back no, then. No, 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 no. Go equally. No, this sure probably would not have been. This would not have been PG thirteen. I'm going to guess. No. Movies are always just arbitrarily slapped together by a bunch oh. of housewives from Alabama. PG thirteen. Really yeah, interesting. PG thirteen. Probably because of that whole scene of uh, throwing uh, Jack into are, the acid bath. Hmm. There are words in it. Um, there's violence involving uh, Jerry Hall. There's some. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's the point where he burns the guy to death. I don't know. I people are frightened by Jack Palance and the way. Yeah, he I forgot Jack Palance was in here. Yeah, uh, you uh, are Zach, my number one, mm-hmm. the guy. <laughs> Who's number six? Ah, oh, you are my number one, Jack. Uh, <laughs> I was Zach, never. Do you? Yes. Do you remember the first time? Or have you even seen this movie? That's that's the big question. Um, Last week you watched it. Here's here's I Zach's know, confession. No, 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 no. I know I have watched this movie, but I was it was either so long ago mm-hmm. that I don't remember all of it. Did, I did you watch, watch it on I, VHS? I did watch, oh, do you remember likely, that? Okay. Yes. Um, I did watch like half of it. Like last year or something, it was on TV a mm, lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's about it. It's not like I remember every scene. I remember all the people in there, but because I watched I'll, the first half of the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Well, it starts in Crime Alley. See, it. I mean, it's just an. I mean, when you're trying to tell an origin story of Batman, this movie had all the elements that you need in the Batman tale. I mean, you've got corrupt police. You yeah. had a super awesome Jim Gordon, who yeah. was wasn't he Jim Gordon for like three or four of the movies. We know that Alfred. Yeah. We know that Alfred was Alfred through all of the movies before Christopher yes. Nolan, but I'm pretty sure I, Jim Gordon was in there for like the first three movies. I think Pat Hingle was in all of the Batman movies. He was in Batman and Robin. I know he may not okay. have been in Batman. Okay, no, he was. He was in Batman Forever too with uh, Val Kilmer. So yeah, he was Commissioner Gordon in all of the original Batman arc. We had a guy who was. Who could have been Harvey Bullock uh, in this first movie? The big fat Eckhart. guy. Yeah, yeah, Deckhart. Uh, yeah, but Eckhart was clearly in the pocket. No, of yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, if you were if you were going to cast somebody as Harvey Bullock today, that's mm-hmm. who I would have gone with. Especially when they modeled him in Batman the Animated Series as mm-hmm. kind of the same as as this guy. Yeah, similar. Um, mentioned Jack Palance as the as the big crime boss. Yeah, Carl Grissom. Yeah. Um, I actually remember this movie chapter and verse. Oh, yeah. It is a, it is a good movie. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah, I just I remember when it came out on VHS. We'll talk about that in a minute. Just watching it all the time. It's like every weekend I would my roommate would come in one of the first year in college. is like, are we, are we watching that again? Really? And I was <laughs> I like, yeah, go. yeah, I am. You got to go gotta go big. Well, and plus Something on the radio station, on the radio station, we were playing. We yeah. were playing Bat Dance and oh, we were playing. Uh, we were playing Prince's Batman album almost nonstop on the radio station mm-hmm. because it was still so popular. Um, and of course that wonderful moment where they discover that the Joker is killing people with hygiene products. So then we cut to the news team yes. with unkempt hair looking yes. filthy. 
Yes. Love that. That is like such a Tim Burton joke. <laughs> Pimples going all over everywhere. Yeah, it was it was good. Um, yeah. Joker products. You'll get a grin again and again. <laughs> does the movie still hold up? I think I think it does because Burton generates such a weird universe yeah. for it. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. a, a lot of Tim Burton movies still hold up because they exist in this weird gothic bubble. Right. Yeah. It's, it's like it's, you can watch Edward Scissorhands still holds up. You can watch Batman. Mm-hmm. And especially because this Batman is particularly anachronistic. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Even for like, you know, it's like in the, this is like very, it's like very forties, very fifties at right, times. Right. It's time. It's one of those yeah. timeless 30s. movies. Right. And that's so, what I think they picked up on in Batman, the animated series. Is oh, let's absolutely. Try to take a lot of that and put it into the animated series. Yeah. And, and it's one of those things that got lost as that, as the animated universe expanded, because it had to, you mm-hmm. know, you like, yeah. if something has to go, then all of like your weird black and white TVs and, right, and, right, and right. stuff like that can just right. Well, fall by I the mean, wayside. Batman is art art deco, and Superman is kind of a, a modern realism with all, with a futurist kind of thing to it. So, I mean, if you're going to do a visual motif for Batman, yeah, you can get away with it being that melange of 1920 to 1968, but you can't really play Superman, especially cartoon Superman, in that same right, world, right? Metropolis is, you know, the world of 15 minutes in the future in a lot of ways. Well, it would have uh, been it would have been the Art Deco look for Superman. Um, Batman would have been like Art gothic, Nouveau. Yeah. Would be, yeah, gothic Art Nouveau uh, mix in there. But I, yeah, I think it still holds up. I mean, I, I'd be interested to put the, the boys down. I'd be interested to put the boys no. down. Uh, put the no. boys down in front of the TV <laughs> and have them watch this movie. And number one, see if they would sit through the whole movie. They won't. The youngest probably won't. He no. went to go see How to Train Your Dragon 2 this past weekend. It's the first time we took him to a movie theater. That didn't work out very well. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the boy would probably sit through it, and he'd probably be going, uh, this is not as exciting as XYZ, but then again, I'm not letting him watch Christopher Nolan's Batman. Right. Um, but I think he might get a kick out of it. It might be an I interesting will, experiment. I will go on record as saying that as as accredited and as acclaimed as Nolan's Batman is, I think that this will age better. If we look at Nolan's Batman 25 years down the line, it's going to feel more like a period piece of 2006 than this film does of 1989. You mean like – you mean Batman Begins or just any of them? Any of them, but Nolan's Nolan's I trilogy. Mean, I don't know. I, mean, I think the I Dark think Knight, the Dark Knight well. is really going to be one of the those. The other that, two, yeah. I think you're probably right. Probably won't age yeah. as well. But well, Dark yeah, Knight I even talked well. about that a, uh, what a month or two ago when I said I was going to sit down and watch Batman Begins again, and I just couldn't get through half no. the movie. I was just yeah. like, Meh. but I can sit down and watch Dark Knight and still get into that. Now, Dark Knight Returns, same th- or Dark Knight but, Rises. Yeah, I could. The be, Dark Knight is five years old, four years old. Even. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Five. I mean, we're talking. You know, yeah. Batman Begins is twenty years ago. Or Batman Returns, rather, right. is right, right, right. So I, I honestly believe that the Dark Knight, and I will say the Dark Knight is a good movie. It's not my favorite Batman movie, and I, you know, I don't necessarily share all the people who tell me that it's the greatest Batman ever, 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 ever. That's cool. I'm fine with that. You know, you're good. I don't think that 25 years from now that film is going to have the same resonance that 1989's well, Batman could have. But and here's the thing, and here's the go ahead, Zach. I was going to say it. Uh, I think Batman will be remembered longer because it started something. Yes. Dark Knight, 
is in the middle of something. It's in the middle of something and kind of did Kicks something off of different. Phase two. Yeah, yeah, but it certainly didn't like jumpstart like a whole. Industry. Yeah, here, here's the thing. Remember the 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 superhero movies that we got to see at the time were the Captain America t- made for TV movie. Oh yeah, all the Hulk TV movies. But you can find my review of that on Majorsportive.com. Yes. Um, and apparently they're all on Netflix right now too. So oh, if you want to go God. back and see all that, you can, but you had Hulk and you had the, uh, Spider-Man TV show mm-hmm. and that's it. I mean, you really superheroes were relegated to TVs and like Matthew said, Condor Man, this was something yep. audiences didn't expect. It was different. It was not kitty fair that everyone thought it was going to be. It was not ha ha Biff panel zoom and people wanted it. And Warner brothers, this is, this is the other thing that I think cemented this as an important movie. That's still going to stand up, you know, another 25 years from now. Mm-hmm is that Warner Brothers made this decision that, hey, this movie isn't going to stay in the movie theaters for 20 weeks. You know, this is going to be a 10-week movie, and we're yanking it out. And then in thirty in 90 days, in uh, October, November, I forget what it was, October maybe, September, we're putting that on, on the store shelves. We're putting it out on VHS. And the movie theater people went ballistic because it's barely out of first run. Dollar movie theaters and, uh, and second-run theaters – no way could they get that in their theater before it was out on VHS, and everyone has a VHS machine at this point. So people can go out and buy it. Of course, one of the things that the theater owners thought was going to be their their kind of their saving grace was if you wanted to go and buy a movie, you were looking at paying ninety bucks for a movie. I remember right. paying. What? I think yeah. it was no seriously. I think I paid eighty. I know it was listed at 80, 80, 80 some dollars for the American? very first American dollars for Raiders of the Lost Ark. And yeah. I worked my butt off for the entire summer raising the money so I could own that movie on VHS. Yeah, heavy metal. The only, other, I... the only other place you could go get a movie was at the rental store, and you had to buy a yeah. membership at the rental store, and you could only keep it for you know twenty four hours or forty eight hours or whatever. And probably just twenty four. In the early yeah. days, it was twenty four. You had to turn those around right away. Or you could do it for it's the like weekend. IT, they had some right. weekend deals, but you had to turn those around. And if you wanted to watch it a hundred times, like I wanted to watch Raiders of the Lost Ark a hundred times, you were going to yeah. pay premium dollars for that. And so I, even just, you know, four years later like in dark ages. in 89, oh. you might still see some some movies that are, you know, most movies still at 60 bucks at the lowest wow. to buy if you wanted to buy. But everyone I had, had a, VHS players. Everybody had VHS players, but you went no to the sense. rental place. You went to the uh, blockbusters. Right, yeah, yeah. You went to the OK videos. You went to your to your local rental place to rent, because why would you want to watch these movies again and again? Why would you want to keep them? Right. But Warner Brothers said we're going to sell it. And we're going to sell it for nineteen ninety nine or twenty nine ninety nine. I forget what the exact price was. Twenty nine ninety nine. And people were just like, "Are you kidding me?" And people flocked yeah. to the to the stores, to the WalMarts. I think Walmart became Walmart because of this movie because people lined up to get that movie on the first day that it went for sale. It sold. It came on like gangbusters, and it sold all the way through the Christmas holiday, and people bought it in the millions. Because they wanted to go and see that movie at home. Mm-hmm. And I think it was because of that. And this was the first movie that did that. that it, it broke the movie theater distribution chain, essentially. Mm-hmm. It broke the rental industry. It, this is the movie that broke the rental industry. Because after that, if everybody starts selling their movies at nineteen ninety nine or twenty nine ninety nine or whatever it was, why would I want to go and rent a movie for five bucks? Mm-hmm. You know, I could pay three yeah, times that and watch it whenever I want. Views, yeah, for four views, it's mine. And this movie really showed that there's an interest for home viewing of movies more than one time. And I I think that's why, as you said, this was 
important, Zach, but I think that this is a movie that will stand up mainly because of that phenomena and that event. And 25 years later, I yeah, historically, still have historically speaking, yes, but people won't remember that. They won't remember <laughs> that about the movie necessarily. No, but I think that that's the thing that cemented it as sure. an important movie because right. suddenly people saw it in the movie theater in the summertime. And then by homecoming for me, uh, right around my birthday, I remember because um, my parents bought that movie for me and sent it to me as my birthday present. Oh. And I went over to this uh, house that's no longer standing here where a bunch of you know guys were living and all their friends. And we all came over and we all sat down and watched Batman in their, in their house. And everybody stopped their drinking in there. I mean, well, we still drank, but I mean, everybody turned off the music. Everybody sat down and said, we want to watch Batman. And it was awesome. Yeah. Know? I mean, I mean, I, like, like Matthew said, this is the movie that they're still making. It's, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. we, we, uh, we've reviewed a few comics from Europe and Latin America. Right. And sometimes, uh, it's really baffling why the protagonists are animal people. Right. Um, and, and the reason for that is because of how wildly successful, like, Uncle Scrooge comics were, mm-hmm. right? Right. In the entirety oh, of the world. So it's like to people who had no other comic to compare it to, they looked at it and they said, oh, this is what comics are. Comics are the adventures of animal people, mm-hmm. you know, right. and that mm-hmm. just kind of uh-huh. become its, become, became its own thing. Yeah. To this day, you know, all Batman movies are actually this movie. Yeah, yeah. And up until very recently, like Matthew said, all superhero movies were this movie mm-hmm. and all superhero TV shows were this movie mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. there was like nothing else to compare it to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No one else had broken that mold. It's like, okay, so so you have to have a tragedy and then yep. a psychotic villain yep. and yep. A like love that, interest it, and unmasks and find yep. out who you are and puts right. her in jeopardy and then you have to save her at the end and right. big sculpted costume. Kill the villain. Right. Big sculpted but, costume, like yeah. big set piece, mm-hmm. like danger machine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. The TV flash was an amazing take yes. on the flash as Batman. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, if you ever, and this is something that always got me, I was an avid reader of comics media back in the day. I would read Comic Scene and actually a book called Comics Media every month along with my comic books. And when Dick Tracy came out, I think in 90 or 91, Blah. everybody treated Dick Tracy like a sequel to Batman. Yeah, I remember They that. were literally so they comparing it. it to Batman because, you know, well, this this does this like Batman, but it doesn't do that. And this is, does a really continuation. I'm like... But that was the thing. Batman was the new template, really. Yep. yep. The template. Because in a lot of ways, if you look at, you know, the 66 Batman, or if you look at the 78, God help you, Captain America, don't watch it. Or even the 91 Captain America, also don't watch that. Or the 1990 Punisher, don't don't watch that. Basically, don't watch superhero movies is what I'm telling don't you. Don't watch but any no. Marvel stuff before the Marvel Universe really solidified. Before Not Blade. True. Before Blade. Blade. Not true. Yeah, yeah. You, can, you can watch the Daredevil Thor uh, episodes of the Hulk, but you can if you watch go the Japanese Spider-Man with yeah, a giant can, robot. You can watch that. I do recommend that. You can also watch Battle Fever J, which is not Captain America. But when you look at those, uh, Batman 66, in a lot of ways, was driven by the old pulp serials where you saw a lot of superheroes in the 30s and 40s. You saw the Captain Marvel, the Captain America you know, the the spider, the guys who were made up just for movies to be in serials for, you know, the consumption of superheroes. And in a lot of ways, this is the the first time from like 1939 
that we had a movie that really broke out of that. Mm-hmm. You didn't have you had flashbacks to the origin, but you didn't have the movie opening with the origin and telling you the origin mm-hmm. and then telling mm-hmm. you, you know, which in a lot of ways was kind of what I felt was a failing of Batman Begins. It was a little bit linear in what it was doing. But again, I compare a lot of movies to this because I, you know, as you can tell, I have a really, really high standard for comic book movies in some ways. And I don't necessarily feel like a Batman fan, but I will defend Batman, Tim Burton's Batman, and to a slightly and only slightly lesser degree, Tim Burton's Batman Begins or Batman Returns. That is very confusing. Those two movies, I can defend for you up and down. These are really yeah, they are. Good I mean, and superhero. The thing we, we touched on Prince's music, but we forgot Danny Elfman. Yeah, I mean, here's this guy from Oingo Boingo is now doing musical musical scores, and it's awesome, and it's so awesome that you know it carries over through multiple movies. Yeah, and you know. I don't. Was he doing the Simpsons at that point? Did he do the Simpsons yeah. theme song at that point? Yeah. So he had done yeah, the, the Simpsons, Simpsons themes. Simpsons at that was eighty nine as well, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, it was right about that. Did scene. he also do Pee Wee Pee Wee Herman? He did Pee Wee Herman. He did Beetlejuice. Yeah, yeah. He did. Um, oh, a- what is afterwards? That he did the Nightmare Before Christmas. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, what was and, well, what was that uh, one that Edward goes? Edward Scissorhands. Yeah, Edward Scissorhands was ninety. I think so. Perhaps. Yeah. You're thinking of bum 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 bum. No, I'm thinking about the one that goes. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, that's in that's that's, uh, that's Beetlejuice. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, that's everything. And, and then they also yeah, that's well, the, he also uses he also uses it for uh, the penguin, you know, running down the yes, kind of stuff. That's yeah, what yeah. it is. The penguin in Batman returns. returns. Yeah. <laughs> so Zach, are you now interested more interested in going to see this movie now that we've been lauding it. and and oh, <laughs> reflecting sure. on how awesome it is, was and shall be forevermore. Um, Sure, and like I said, I've totally watched this movie before. I just don't remember it at all. So I think it would be interesting to go back. I, I'm going to have you come over it. with the boys and sit down, and all three of you can, and I'll give you some oh, popcorn, gosh. and you can have a half a yeah, glass man. of soda because I don't want you to get too riled yeah, up. Yeah, it's good. And you get, and the it's three of you idea. can sit down and watch Batman. Yeah, that'd be fun. <laughs> you can watch it in the big home theater. Oh yeah, that'd be fun. Turn up the. Time. We'll can do I, it. We'll do it right when the boys about ready to, or the the sidekicks about yeah. ready to go to bed, because then he'll sit there and he'll be real quiet. Oh, yeah. He might just fall asleep. Mm-hmm. Can. I get another one of those bouncy ball things they're rolling around when we came home, and then we could play in those. That was first. a that was a birthday gift. <laughs> that was a birthday gift to the boy from his grandparents, who are you know neither one of them fit in that the way they're supposed to. No, but uh, yeah, they they've been. No, those are pretty cool. Rocking uh, those around. Yeah, so. no, I think Batman would be interesting to go watch. Um, just from everything you guys have talked about, I mean, it's just kind of like on Zach on film. There's movies that are important for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Not even movies you'd really think that would change a lot of things, but Batman obviously oh, man, has changed we need a to, lot. We need to contact the film registry. Yeah. At, yeah, at the Library Con- Congress and get this on there. It's not on there? I don't it think should. it is. No, but it, it should be. It should be. I mean, look, yeah. look, up, uh, look on the wiki. It'll tell you whether it's been in the Library of Congress yet or not. Okay, everybody. I think that that wraps it up for this issue. Go see Batman 89. That's what most people will refer to it as, Batman 89. Uh, and it's 25th celebration this year, this week. We missed the uh, talk about uh, this past weekend in 1984 was the best weekend for movies ever. But we can talk about that another time. <laughs> because that wraps it up for this issue. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being part of the Major Spoilers Experience. Next week, I'm working on something involving this huge Jack Kirby lawsuit. Mm-hmm. Why? Because we know that you love comics and we do too. And we will talk with you soon. Hey, thanks for listening to the show. If you have questions or comments, 
feel free to send an email to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. You can follow Major Spoilers on Twitter, at Major Spoilers. Like us on Facebook and share your thoughts about comic books and pop culture by using the comment section on any post at Majorspoilers.com. If I had the X-ray vision of a Superman, I could save a few bucks and stand around and read through the covers of the comics on the stand. But although every other page would be backwards, I suppose, I could still read the evens and the odds. Well, I don't know. Guess I haven't thought this all the way through. Plus, as soon as the comic book store guy knew, he kicked my butt out on the corner. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Way. If I was hulking green or gray, I could just bust through that brick wall, take their comic books away. But then the little meat would deal with all the tanks and bombs and guns. Have you ever tried to read a series with all that going on? Guess I need to rethink this plan. How would I back and board my comics with such huge hands? Guess I already told ya. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a major spoiler What a major spoiler If I'm Star Raven it's like a man of iron I might not be surprised to find That I might actually have the heart cold To follow an entire storyline Would I really even need To read upon all those escapades I mean, who needs such distractions When your sister's such a babe But the downside is such a beast Being shot up in a fun Being the Middle East With a King Santo and soldier what a major spoiler What a major spoiler Yeah, yeah, yeah What a major spoiler Whoa, 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 whoa What a major spoiler Major Spoilers is copyright 2014